Hello, I'm Eric Holdeman, and this is Disaster Zone, a podcast about emergencies and disasters. Disaster Zone will bring you interviews and commentaries about all aspects of disasters, from what causes them to how people and organizations are dealing with their impact. This podcast is being sponsored by Dynamis, a leading provider of information management software and security solutions. You can find them at dynamis.com. Welcome to the Disaster Zone podcast. Today in this podcast, we are taking a different tact. In this case, there is a guest host, and I, Eric Holdeman, am the guest. Daniel Kilborn is America's Save Your Life coach. He helps families open communications, create resiliency, and develop leadership by preparing for inevitable emergencies and natural disasters so they can protect themselves and live a life without fear. Daniel will be interviewing me about information sharing and the communication strategies. Take it away, Daniel. Hello, and welcome to Leaders Communicate Clearly. Our guest speaker today is Eric Haldeman. Eric is a very unique individual because he spent the majority of his life working to protect the people of his community from emergencies and disasters. Now, Eric is the regional director for, or the director for regional disaster resilience, which is part of the Pacific Northwest Economic Region. And today, Eric would like to discuss what he calls information sharing. So tell me, Eric, what do you do? Why do you do it? And what is information? And why do we need to know about it? Well, I'm, I'm an emergency manager. Uh, you know, I had a military um, infantry officer career 20 years, but then moved into emergency management. I've been at the, the state level out here in Washington State, at the local level uh, for King County, which is Metro Seattle, and then uh, actually I was a security director for the Port of Tacoma in the same vicinity, and now the Center for Regional Disaster Resilience, which is seven states, I'm sorry, five states, and five Canadian uh, provinces and territories. And a lot of what emergency management does is to gather information and ideally uh, share it, coordinate it, and achieve a common purpose in actions, whether uh, before disaster or during this disaster and after disaster. So information sharing is pretty key to our discipline overall. And then I think really for organizations in general. Okay, so when you talk about information sharing, when we have a major disaster, from my understanding, there'll be your your local authority, which will be whatever the region or the, the demographic of who's being affected. Then you have people coming in from the state, you have people coming in from the federal government, and they all have different ideas. So yeah. where does this information sharing come down and how can it be used effectively to, uh, to accommodate whatever the issue is? Well, I, one of the things, particularly to a disaster, but we can think beyond a disaster is for people to be effective, you gotta know what's going on. And disasters we call it situational awareness. Where is there a problem? Uh, what's making that become a problem? How big is the problem that's being created by the disaster? But it, it could be just market awareness. You know, where's the market today? Where is it moving? All of those types of things uh, that happen. 
And uh, unfortunately, a lot of times what I see is people see information as power. And that okay. I know something and someone else doesn't know it. This would be like more business context. Then that gives me more influence and more ability to gain advantage from that. But that aspect of it, of uh, people hoarding information, I think the natural tendency is there not to share information, but really to hoard it, keep it, get the advantage from it. Even, even in the emergency management community at times that that happens, or they don't think beyond their own self-interest in the information okay, so they have. What, well, what I think you hear you saying is some effect. people will fail to divulge certain information for either personal, professional, or political reasons because right. they think somehow they're going to gain from it. But doesn't that cause a, doesn't that kind of a, uh, you know, because some of that information could be used to actually help something or somebody? Yeah, and, and you know the other aspect of it is um, perhaps things haven't gone well. I, I I would use the most recent terrible Uvalde school shooting right. uh, there that we've seen all play out. The, the initial thing was how heroic the response was and how quickly and efficiently it was organized. And now since then we keep hearing the drip, drip, drip of all the things that have gone wrong and. I think the credibility of all the organizations involved in that have all been tainted significantly because of the way the information was shared. Uh, they spoke too soon. Um, sometimes you need to pause to make sure you've got the right information. Uh, in disasters, I would tell people who are responding to what we call the Emergency Operations Center, remember the first report is almost always wrong. Something mm -hmm. is not totally correct in in that reporting uh, piece. So yes, assemble, start gathering more information, but remember the first report, especially in an emergent situation, um, trying to figure out what's going on. A lot of times that initial indication isn't correct. Okay, well, that brings up a very interesting question here. If, um, if I'm a parent or a, uh, an entrepreneur or a business executive and I'm doing absolutely nothing with emergency management, I'm still affected by this type of information sharing or failure to share, or as you said, which I really like, that first report's usually always wrong. So how do we take that with a grain of salt? And do we need to dig deeper for it? Do we have to ask the right question? Is that the important thing? Or does the question even matter? And what's more important is whoever's giving it to us, what's, that's what's important. I think it's really to pause and keep gathering information, especially in an emergent situation. I mean, that's, that's what we're saying, you know, and especially in a disaster, you don't know the full gamut of everything that's, that's gone wrong. I've, I've had direct reports about things that we've had, you know, trouble understanding. that we had an earthquake out here in 2001 and we had a report that the Cedar river had stopped flowing. Well, that's interesting. Now, what would cause, and is this after an earthquake immediately following? I'm thinking, well, did it? crevice open up and it's flowing in, you know, well, it ended up being a landslide that had blocked the river, but that created other issues because there's just a debris uh, dam that was going to eventually fail as the water made a channel through it or went around it. Uh, we call, it was causing flooding upstream. So those types of things, trying to understand what, what's going on. So is maybe one of the dilemmas that we don't know the right question to ask? I mean, as you stated, the original report was there was an earthquake and it stopped the river from flowing. 
after inspection, you find out, well, there was an earthquake with the landslide, so it stopped it, which created different right. issues that had to be dealt with, right? Yeah, you have to um, pause, like I said, and gather more information. I, I think a, a thing I find very annoying about this as I, I get older, if you look at value statements today, whether it's in business, corporations, government, um, they'll you know have integrity and uh, statements like that. But transparency is one of the big ones that you might see in value statements for an organization. Okay. And transparency means you're sharing information about your organization's status. It could be um, what's happening from a, a, what's going to influence the stock price of that. And I, I found that rather than being transparent, there many organizations are as opaque as possible. Um, that uh, they have the value, but I call it, it's an aspirational value. It's not a true value of the organization. And I just find that many, many times. They're trying to manage it, you know, manage that flow of information, the public information officers, uh, public affairs officers for organizations. Uh, it, it's, you know, why, what's the best time to release uh, bad news Friday afternoon, you know, because that's the lowest news cycle. You're going to have the weekend and they'll go away. So, you know, they're all trying to game the information flow. Well, like you just said, uh, wait until Friday afternoon to release the information. Isn't that sort of, I would go with a moral and unethical because you need to, if this is bad news, you want the most people to hear this bad news so they can act on it. Is that correct? Right, correct. Right. So, and, so this uh, sounds like a cultural problem, it, you know, within the is, industry. And within I'd, I'd say, again, it spans government, business, and individuals. You know, when, when does... Someone say, finally admit. I mean, I always talk about the Christmas letter that goes out. I write a Christmas letter every year to okay. friends and family. And we talk about Sally's doing this and uh, Billy's, you know, on the winning team and all that. But no one says that, oh, Sally is actually in drug rehab uh, now. And and Billy, uh, he's a great in sports, but he's been getting pretty much D's and S in school, you know, so. We're only sharing the good news, not everything. The, the whole picture is not painted. So I, uh, it's in our innate thing. We want to share the good news and not necessarily everything that comes with it, even as you know, individuals from that standpoint. Well, Eric, I know you're an individual who really, truly wants to help people in whatever way you possibly can, particularly with emergencies and disasters. So what do you see that we can do as individuals to understand our possible withholding of information, how can we change that? What can we do with ourselves? Or two, what can we do if we think information is being withheld? How can we properly reach out and gather that information? Well, definitely it is an individual action that, that you can take. Um, many times people have shared information with me and I'm, I'm big at pushing information. That's why I have a blog, I have a podcast. I'm, right. And, and this is something I, I talk about that I actually, and anyone I say can achieve immortality. And you achieve that by sharing everything you know. And, you know, I'm not talking about news of the world, but maybe you have insights into what has made you successful, what makes an organization successful. Well, share that with people. If it dies with me, what good is that? That's why I 
talk about, you know, pass it on to the next generation and hopefully that generation will pass it on to the next one. Um, just how to behave, how to act, how, how to share uh, information. I've, I've had a lot of people say, I didn't want you to share that. I said, well, you, you need to tell me you don't want to share it. So it sounds like to me that you're promoting developing a, a legacy with our, our children, a legacy with the people who yeah. will be here after us through our actions, because they learn what we do. It doesn't matter what we tell them, what we lecture them, they're going to follow what we do. And if we're doing something that's not correct, that's going to be the norm. Yeah. And if we're doing something that is correct, well, then that becomes the norm. Correct? Is that right? Yeah, right. And, and you know, so I have two sets of grandchildren, two boys who are older, 21 and uh, 18, and then uh, two younger girls, 12 and uh, 10. <clears throat> and it's never too early or too late to share information. You know, when my um, two grandsons turned 18, each of them, I looked them in the eye and said, you are now an adult. You will be charged as an adult. So be careful because we, we know these adolescent minds aren't fully developed. Choose wisely. You know, remember, you're now an adult. The, the 2,000, 3,000 pound thing you call car is a weapon at times. And right. there's things called manslaughter. And just the other day, I told my grandson, who's 21, can drink legally. And I said, remember, one of the worst things you can do to ruin your life is get a DUI, period. It's not just your insurance, your ability to find a job, ability to get a security clearance. You may not be thinking about those things now, but one bad choice will can influence a lot. And, you know, that's me sharing information based on my personal observations and sooner or later it, it sometimes repetition is good I, I i say repetition is the mother of remembering whether it's in a, a mechanical aspect of doing things again and again or just that information sometimes you got to repeat it a lot and let them hopefully remember that and take it and i i, I bet my grandsons hopefully when they have, you know, kids, that might be one of the messages they share with them when they start driving or are at an age where they can drink or even underage and potentially uh, drinking. So, it, you know, information sharing is, is key to so many uh, different things. Well, the information overload, that's one of the big issues I understand and see with people all the time. We have so much information. I don't know. I remember years ago, I read a little story about the average human being or American receives more information in one day than the average individual hundred years ago did in their entire life. Yep. So how do we sort that? Because as you just said, a repet repetition, you know, over a period of time, no matter what it is, if you hear it over and over, it becomes the truth, even if it's not. So how do we as responsible individuals take ourselves away from our own little bubble of information where we believe this to be true and dig down into ourselves and find out if we're right or if we're wrong and then move forward with that. Is that a possibility? Oh, yeah. And one of the things I call it uh, the riff concept. Reading is fundamental. Um, there's so much information now, a lot of people just read headlines. And there's a term called clickbait. You know, the, right. it's uh, the editor it's, you know, you may have an author of an article, whether it's a reporter for a newspaper or online publication, whatever. They're trying to get people to click on it. And so when I do a blog post, in fact, I just changed uh, um, a podcast title from um, 
functions of the warning officer for the Northwest Weather Service. Well, I changed that to weather warnings and disasters. That's a, a sexier title. Well, it's the I car wreck everybody it. wants to look at when they drive by, right? Yeah, yeah. Click up, but you know, there's lots of information there besides the title, and you can be misled by just scrolling through and seeing uh, headlines on whatever it is you're reading in social social media. That 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 type of thing. It's not a good way to garner information. <clears throat> I also say, and people don't read newspapers anymore. And, and, you know, when I was growing up, you know, the quote was your mother told you, don't believe everything you read in the newspaper. Well, that certainly applies to the internet. I, I really believe to be an informed citizen individual, you need to read a major newspaper or a couple. I subscribe to the New York Times and the Washington Post. Okay. And I, I can't read everything in those things, but I, I'll peruse them in the morning. I, I ride the exercise bike for a half hour. Uh, I'm following the war in Ukraine closely because I was in the infantry and army. So I'm interested in that. And then I read columnists uh, to see what uh, is there. And the other thing is to get your news from information from multiple sources. So I'll, I'll tune in to Fox News, just see what they're saying because a number one you know, news cable news station uh, network in the United States. You got to find out what are they saying? What are people being told? Because now there's so much segmentation of information that's being shared. It's, you know, it's called the echo chamber. You can go to one place and hear everything that fits with your worldview. That, that's not a good situation to be in. You need to garner your information from a lot of different people. And I think we need to learn to listen to contrarian views and have an intelligent discussion, not just get angry. I think we're avoiding sharing information now because we're afraid of confrontation or uh, disagreements. I, I got a story, I, <clears throat> I like to talk to people. I was flying out of Washington, DC, and uh, there was a guy in the middle seat, and this is years ago, something was in the news, and I said, um, hey, what do you think about this happening? Politically, and he said, "I don't talk about politics." I, I turned to him and I said, "Well, we could talk about money and religion then." And he he never said another word to me. <laughs> like you were pushing his buttons there, weren't you? <laughs> right, I love yeah. it. So, but you know, why not? Uh, we we can do those things. Uh, we need more. We need to all be listening better in order to communicate better. Also. Well, you're right. It's like uh, you mentioned the two papers you subscribe to. I subscribe to those also, but I also go to the left coast and to the uh, LA Times and the San Francisco Chronicle because you get two totally different, like you said, divergent opinions on the right. same subject. That's why I like listening to, as you said, Fox, CNN, NPR, and the BBC because we get a whole different view. And yeah. if you got the time, go to Al Jazeera and see what they have to say about the same thing because you're going to get different focuses, different points of view, and they're all pretty much based on different cultural backgrounds, right? Yeah, yeah. and you know, I, I, when I get out of the shower, as soon as I turn it off, I have a flash briefing. You can set that up on your Alexa for different news sources, and I get a, a podcast from NPR on that, kind of covers uh, the world. I, I do word of the day because I'm a writer. I, I write a lot, and I, increasing my vocabulary and if you want to increase your vocabulary by the way read more that's number one that's true that's, you have a point um, there I'll, 
I'll ask for the BBC News. BBC News covers a lot of the United States and they actually are a international organization. I, uh, not a knock on world news tonight with ABC, but there isn't a lot of world news on our US channels. I, I met a woman, I think she was over here visiting from um, European Union. She said, where do you get your news? Because you know, if it's an airplane crash, a, a two engine airplane crash or the feel good, a, a lot of our nightly news on all the major stations is uh, infotainment now, unfortunately. It, it, it well, that's quite true. It is just for going to sensationalism, infotainment, uh, clickbait, because that's what sells. And the, my opinion is the powers that be are more interested in the dime, uh, the dollar over the people, you know? Yeah, that's right. And yeah, that's where people are. And so it's, oh, <clears throat> there's, I saw this thing. A guy was interviewing two young women. They looked to be in their 20s, very attractive. And they were in an event. And he asked about, <clears throat> what do you think about January 6th? They had no idea. They said, well, basically he said, all right, January 6th is just another date on the calendar. And then I'm talking about now. I'm talking about, you know, a yeah, year and a half later. Uh, that and it's, Yeah, it's just another date on the calendar. But I think if you asked him, what do you think about Kim Kardashian? Uh, as current, they could have told him about Kim Kardashian. Uh, but well, that's what we focus on, right? That's just yeah, pretty much where yeah. we are. It's what we look at, what we focus on, and that's where we gather our information. So based on oh, some yes. of the go ahead. Based on some of the things we've talked about, if we could boil it down to a little nutshell here, how can what are some of the simple things people can do to make sure they're receiving the right information, make sure they're asking the right questions so they can get the right information? And if they feel like they're being stonewalled or ran around the circle, how can they go out and find that information a little better? Well, we've talked about some of these things already, but uh, make sure you're not in your own echo chamber, just hearing right. what you want to hear. That, that's number one, that's a, a, a big one. Listen to, listen to contrarian views and um, be able to have, have a discussion. We all have friends we can actually talk to, hopefully, without having an argument. Um, and that will challenge your thinking because you have to then articulate what it is you believe. And sometimes... Uh, this is the other thing that we've confused opinions with facts. Opinions are not facts. Well, I believe. Okay, now why? Do, what facts are you basing I believe on? Well, I feel. Okay, no. That <laughs> I think that's another problem people have with information. You know, when you go to share information, know what you're talking about in that, and you get that as we talked about. Right. So you say a little fact checking, right? Yeah, and, and having a dialogue, be, be sure you can articulate what it is you believe and that it's based on facts. And, you know, the old term alternative facts has entered the world. I, I had a very short discussion with a guy and I said, oh, we should talk more. He said, yeah, but we have to first agree on what the facts are. Well, okay, all right. You know, we, we never got beyond that, but I, I would think, yeah, that's a very important thing about understanding what facts are. All right, that's great. So Eric, tell me, um, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, get a hold of you for any additional information, how could they go about doing that? Well, I, I would say there's a 
three different ways. Just plain Google my name, uh, Eric Holdeman, E-R-I-C-H-O-L-D-E-M-A-N. And you can then find me. I've, I've got a personal website. Uh, my disaster hyphen zone blog will pop up and my podcast disaster zone will pop up. And I, I'm generally writing about, uh, and I'd like podcasting on things, the three topic areas uh, will be emergencies and disasters, homeland security, uh, technology, because it's an all-consuming aspect of where we are in this 21st century. And then I like to also uh, blog on leadership uh, because uh, find a good leader. I think you'll find a good organization. We're never done learning. And uh, I think that's why a lot of our presidents, when they're in office, they're reading books and other presidents trying to learn from the past because they know they don't have all the answers. All right. So let's stay outside of our own echo chamber, so to speak. Look at diverging theories, thought processes, information, um, confirm or fact check what it is that we believe or we think to determine whether or not it really should be believable or if we should think it, and then move on from there. And hopefully we'll step up and level up, become the leaders we're supposed to be and our community, we can help. Is that correct? Yeah, and share what you know with others uh, on whatever realm it is, within your family, with, within your professional network, could be at your church uh, type of thing. And um, be willing to get out there. And like I said, you can achieve immortality uh, if you're able to pass on what you know that other people can use uh, to live their lives, guide others, uh, and hopefully I'll carry on beyond our own individual life. All right, Eric. Well, thank you very much for your time. I truly do appreciate you spending your time with me and sharing your wisdom and information with the audience. And I just let everybody else know down below in the page here, there's going to be this contact information links that you'll be able to reach out to so you can contact Eric at your leisure and find more information on information sharing, how to share it, or why you should share it. All right. And thank Anything you else, Eric? for this opportunity and uh, wish you well. And you're in the information sharing business also. So That's right. Well, we all are, whether we admit it or not. We all are, whether we admit it or not. All right. This is Daniel Kilburn with Eric Holderman. Leaders communicate clearly to next time. You all be safe. And in conclusion, I want to say thank you to Daniel Kilborn for stepping in to interview me for this podcast. We can all become better at sharing information and communicating with others. Let us commit to that effort. And lastly, a reminder to everyone to be safe. Think about what you can do today to become personally better prepared for the next disaster. If you like this Disaster Zone podcast, please share it with your email and social media contacts. Thanks for listening and be safe. Tune in again soon for more information on all aspects of disasters. You can also check out the Disaster Zone blog at www.disaster-zone.com.